Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to The Sap, also known as The Sex Actually Podcast. How's everybody doing today? It is your man with a mission, Dave Neal, recording this from the cozy confines of Silver Lake, Los Angeles, California. Uh, boy, I've been on the road a bunch. I think the last two or three episodes have been on the road. Uh, last week uh, was in Portland, the week before that, Chicago. Actually, I might have done a uh, episode with Tasha. This is going to be a solo podcast episode. Hello to new listeners. Um, every once in a while, I guess I got to do a summary for new people. Uh, my name is Dave Neal. Hi, I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, not uh, not new to the game, but not uh, not at that level of success where you're like, hey, when are you going to host SNL? Not quite there yet. <laughs> but hold on, folks. I think there's a um, a little bit of a uh, you know love for. Uh, Watching people work their shit out as they get to the place that they're trying to go. Because, hey, spoiler alert, the um, excitement in life isn't about the destination, right? It's about the journey. Or, hey, how about we're already there? How about we're already there? Uh, too often I listen to other people's podcasts of, you know, you know, people, you know, professionals, pros, guys that have done stand-up for 30 years. And you hear about... Uh, you hear about like where they are and they're complaining about how they're in first class and you know it's not what it used to be or this or that bullshit and it's like look folks there's a um yeah there's a pecking order with any career uh there's a pecking order in relationships you see that old married couple and you go oh man aren't they the best you know you just you just imagine some nicholas sparks novel about their life story and then it's like we don't know we don't know maybe they just met on tinder maybe they're a couple of old 89 year olds that met on Tinder, their uh, previous marriages failed or died or whatever. And you know what I mean? We just project so much. Like It's almost like everything we see out in the world we assume is a finished product. And um, when in fact, you know, there's that uh, poet on the second floor, you know, who's composing his next masterpiece. There's the violinist. You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of... And especially... Uh, Living in Los Angeles, you get to see a lot of works in progress. But what I've learned is um, a lot of projecting on both sides. I project when I see people and I go, oh, man, they've got it made. They've got it easy. They got this. They got that. But we have to remember when we're looking on social media, when we're looking out there, we're, we are seeing a fragment of the story. We are seeing uh, people putting their best foot forward. We're seeing shits polished, as it were, a lot of polished shits out there. And uh, we need to remember that, um, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder and grass is always greener on the other side. I, I actually, I do, I do like to believe that we all have the, um, in an equal level of adversity, which sounds a little crazy because you see, you know, you see stories of people out there getting hassled by the police or this or that. And look, as a white dude, I'll be the first to admit that um, there's a lot of things I don't have to worry about in life. A lot of, um, you know, a lot of things that, uh, but, but, uh, but, it, you know, I'm playing the cards I'm dealt and uh, it's almost <laughs> by, by almost trying to defend my own adversity. I come off like an all lives matter person uh, because, you know, we've, I've, I've done a ton of talking recently about um, gender issues and, uh, what I've learned is there's a lot of pain out there. <laughs> there's a lot of pain out there that I didn't know that I wasn't um, privy to because of my own. Um, I don't. I don't know what you would say. My own privilege, which, which is a term that I hate. I hate that term, privilege. But uh, that's what it is. 
you know, but I'll tell you about myself. I kind of came up in a world where I was raised by a single mom for my, um, my early childhood. And I had to learn a lot before Google came out. You know what I mean? A lot of people listening to this are probably in the same, you know, boat as me where kind of Google and internet and all that kind of came out a little bit after I think our brains developed. Uh, we had to learn, uh, how to have sex. You know what I mean? We had to learn how to get a girl to have sex with us. And sometimes, you know, we learn, we learn ways that, um, cheat codes as it were, you know, ways to manipulate situations, you know, control. I think guys have always, uh, wanted power and control because that's what, um, in the end, like that's the card, that's the card we have. Like women have a vagina. They've got uh, the goods as it were. And men, what do we have? We've got a dick, but every, you know, for every dude with it, there's a hundred of us. We, we all got dicks, <laughs> but, but the women get to choose. So it's about uh, what, what, what do I have that's different than the next guy? And uh, in some cases that can uh, lead to problems. Uh, so I think the uh, thing we, we need to teach these men, these boys out there is that, um, you know, you can have power in a way that uh, doesn't manipulate others. You know, you can be a boss or a vice president or, um, you know, president of your fraternity or, uh, you know, lead editor in the newspaper, whatever it is that you are, you can be that and still have moral fiber to not, uh, not, you know, you can, you, if you're the editor of the school newspaper, you know, my university, university of Rhode Island, we had the good five cent cigar. If you're the editor and I know, uh, Nikki, if you're listening, Hey, how are you? Do you still, uh, subscribe to the newsletter? Uh, some college friends that listen. Uh, but if, uh, I'd like to give shout outs. If, uh, if you're the lead editor and you've got a, a lady, uh, who is, a, a student and she's submitting her packet to be a journalist and you realize that you've got a little power over her being a couple of years older and you have status in the newspaper, maybe, um, maybe don't have sex with her as part of uh, the hiring process. I know it sounds stupid to say it's a stupid example, but, uh, what, what we're learning in life is that, um, the, uh, to the, uh, to the extremes, I'll rock a mic like a vandal to the extremes. You've got the Weinsteins that, um, abused power. And on the lesser levels, you've got guys like me who, uh, used to produce sketches and, you know, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd cast a, a beautiful woman and we'd get to know each other and maybe we'd get a drink after and maybe, um, you know, maybe we'd uh, hook up. And is that right? You know what I mean? Is that okay? I tell you what, they're, they're, they're very, very consensual, but the terms in which we met were on a, maybe an unbalanced playing field. And that's something that you don't hear too many people talking about those, those little moments where it's not necessarily boss and his secretary or whatever. It's a little more of a blurred space. I remember once I had a, there was this um, girl that I, uh, this uh, lady that I met and I was uh, casting a project. It was a, it was a sketch. It was um, about Bud Light Lime. It was about a dude who um, has to break it to his buddies that he drinks Bud Light Lime when all of his buddies drink Bud Heavies. Guys, this is classic, uh, <laughs> classic Dave Neal sketch. It's online. You should look at it. It's a hilarious sketch. So the dude, he's like, he's like, guys, I got something to tell you. And his buddies are like, no, don't do it to us. And he's like, it's time you guys know I drink Bud Light Lime. And everyone's like, no, what the fuck, you weirdo? And then uh, and then another guy's like, hey, guys, I'm gay. And everyone's like, no one cares, dude. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's, uh, it's a play on that issue. But uh, the, girl, the, the, the lady that I cast, Brittany, you know, I was kind of into her. I thought she was beautiful. But um, I didn't, and I didn't know it 
I didn't know she had a boyfriend. And then I found out she had a boyfriend. And guess what, folks? I still cast her in the project. I didn't try to fuck her. Like, there's a there's a place where you need to... It's like, I guess it's tribal to, to think, you know, as a single guy, like, oh, like, can would this girl have sex with me? But, it, but also, just because the penis does the pick-in and you find women that you're attracted to naturally in life, it doesn't mean that, you know, if the, if the environment isn't right, you know, that, that you need to be like, all right, I'm not going to cast her. That's some crazy shit. And that's what happens a lot in a very obvious way in the entertainment world. And I'm sure you could break it down into any industry where men and women um, share jobs and things like that, that, you know, that, that, that shit happens. You see it in improv all the time. You see these improv, like yeah, Upright Citizens Brigade or even Groundlings. I mean, these are places I've taken improv and I can tell you firsthand that w- the the women who take the classes are preyed upon <laughs> by some of the coaches. And it's a mutual, it's a, I mean, like, why wouldn't they be attracted to their coach? You know, like, why wouldn't they? He's a guy who's already mastered improv. You got a, you got a, you got a woman who wants to learn how to do improv. And then the teacher is someone who's uh, in the program. He's got status. Why wouldn't she want him? I think that's totally normal. It's, um, but if, if, if you're a teacher at the, uh, upright citizens brigade, maybe be careful about, who you decide to uh, enter relations with because if it's just to have sex, you're going to, I mean, chances are you're going to piss somebody off and it ain't going to look good afterwards. Um, I tell you what, just, just having this conversation with myself, I feel like I'm offending somebody. That's it. This is the problem is I talk a lot out of my ass and I talk a lot about what I'm feeling, but there's, I tell you if I, I, you know, I posted a conversation that I had with Tasha and on, and it, and it went on the Reddit blog, the feminism blog, and they they attacked me, and they were like, "Man, good for her for being so right, and you're wrong." And it's like, okay, yes, but isn't that isn't that the point of conversation to learn a little bit from each other? And I know, I mean, look, it, it, it's it's all on how you look at things. Like, you know, I've I've been demonized by a few people recently, and um. And by all means, don't lose any sleep over it because I feel true to what I'm trying to do. And that's have a conversation. I'm going to answer a few emails and um, read a few uh, dating questions that I found online, if you don't mind. Is that okay with you folks? It's good to be back home. It is. I had my birthday. Oh, boy, what a day yesterday was. Uh, I had my birthday uh, May 1st and Tasha's was a week later. So we decided to go line dancing. If uh, you want to see any of the videos of us line dancing, I saved them to my Instagram story at D Niels, D N E A L Z. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, we went out line dancing and you had to buy uh, it's like a two drink minimum at this place. So you got to buy your drinks, but you got to drink them by a certain time. Of course, Tasha's not drinking. She has Lyme disease. It can't have alcohol. Uh, send it your regards. Um, as she uh, unlocks the secrets to curing Lyme, uh, which we're going to get over it. It is a little bit of an adversity, as we talked about, but we're going to get over it. And, you know, so people can look at her Instagram and see beautiful photos. But, you know, what you might not see is that she's uh, she's fighting some issues. I had a, <laughs> this is a really stupid way to relate it, but I had a wart on my finger that I couldn't get rid of for like a year and a half or two years. I kept on fucking... You know what I mean? And it kept on coming back and it was the most annoying thing. I can't imagine what it would feel like to have um, Lyme, which is, you know, several different uh, co-infections and these little viruses, these little tiny little diseases that they hide behind. You're, they hide all over the place. It's almost like a, it's not, it's, it's completely different from cancer, but it's, 
it's similar in the sense that like, is it gone? Did you cure yourself? Will it come back? It um, affects your immune system. I mean, it, it affects your anxiety levels, uh, higher rates of depression, and all because some fucking tick bit you five years ago. So I can't even put myself in her shoes with the level of um, frustration when you have an otherwise healthy life. But, you know, um, is there a meaning to everything? Is there a meaning to this? Will she become healthier because it's forcing her to change her diet? And me as well, you know. I'm looking at, I'm staring down a kale smoothie right now that I've been drinking. We're going high on the vegetables. You know, before, I, you know, it was like I got to get rid of sugar because I'm just a sugar addict. And now it's like, well, sugar and uh, sugar and alcohol and things like that um, feeds uh, a lot of these uh, co-infections. So you want to get rid of them, you got you to gotta cut off the food source as we do. Uh, and in case you were wondering, this episode will be full of tangents, so um, buckle down, enjoy the ride. Did you like last episode? Did you like the episode that we had uh, in the car? The audio is a little different. I recorded it on uh, Jay Hollingsworth's Zoom, not my Zoom, so the audio is a little more in stereo, but um, I think I think we've done a good job of improving recently all the audio, and uh, I'll tell you what, we are getting ready to feature on iTunes, which I know is going to, you know, I told you, I told you, 2018, my goal with this podcast, aside from, you know, continuing to have diverse guests and in, in um, solo episodes and Tasha and Dave episodes, my goal for this has been to monetize. Um, you know, I haven't tried to take the bait on stupid advertisers because I'm not trying to, you know, make a buck here or there. What I'm trying to do is, um, you know, quadruple the, you know, listenership and uh, they're out there. We get new emails from people all the time telling us about, you know, how they found us randomly. And it's like, well, look, I'm glad that y'all like me. This is a problem I had with my bachelor recap videos. I do these bachelor recap videos. If you watch the bachelor a lot of people who listen to this found the podcast because I promote it on my bachelor recap videos. But you know, you get you know fifteen hundred to three, four or five thousand uh, people who watch my recap videos. So that's a very small sample size. But they always say the same thing: How come I never found you before? And it's like, look, it's a cluttered market out there. You know, there's people kicking each other in the dick and these stupid, you know, viral sensations, and they're drinking Tide Pods and whatever. I sound like an old man. There, you know, all these things going on, and I'm just trying to be funny in the way that I know how. What I've had to learn lately is I've had to double down on what I am and who I am and being authentic to myself and not try to do things that aren't me. Um, I went to an audition, you know, um, for a commercial last week on Friday. Uh, one, one, two, I had two auditions. One was to play a dad in a Fisher Price commercial. And the other one was for a Japanese um, cosmetic company. It was only going to air in Japan. And I left that I blew off the Fisher price because I was like, I don't care if I look like a dad or not. That's not why I'm blowing this off. First of all, the rate sucked. The pay was horrible. And then, but the second one I got to, and I'm like, what am I doing? I need to double down on who I am. I think I need to fire my management and or agents because it's like, look, I get that you're trying to do the best you can, but at some point when things aren't working, you need to just double down on who you are and invest in yourself. So I know this sounds like I'm talking about me and I am, but I'm also talking about you, the listener. What do you, what do, what do you need to double down on? What's not working in your life? Because the results aren't going to change. If you're sick of the side job or you're, you know, whatever, eventually you're going to have to figure out how to either love what you do or find something that you love. You'll be so much better when you do a job that you love and you know, the cliche, like it's not work. If you love what you do on a, you know, we get in these conversations and an hour or two flies by and I go, Holy shit. Time flew by. Why did time fly by? How is time? 
it's such an arbitrary thing. You know, you know, you go on a, you know, Tasha and I went on that eight day Royal Caribbean cruise where we got, you know, paid very well to travel the Yucatan and, 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 you know, swim with sharks and uh, paddleboard around. And that eight days went by, like it was an afternoon, like a, a dentist visit takes more time than that. And it's like, well, because we loved what we did and we had fun and we were in the moment. And so, so many times we'll get on social media and we'll flip through Instagram or Facebook newsfeed for an hour before we get out of bed. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? How do we, how do we rid ourselves of these shackles where, where we're, um, you know, very smart men and women put together these algorithms that keep our attention 10 ways to, it's like, whoa, 10 ways to live your fucking life. And I know that this is a little hypocritical because you're listening to this podcast and that might be a form of procrastinating, but this is just an hour or, 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 or less or more. We'll see what we get to, but it's like, we need to calm down and really know when we, we need to take our time back into our own hands. And when you're doing a job you don't love, or in this case, going to stupid auditions, it's like, look, I know they say, you know, in acting, they say, well, your job's to audition. Sometimes you go to bad ones you don't like. True. But also, sometimes, fuck you. You know what I mean? Sometimes you need to be like, fuck this. And fuck doing things that, that are, are a waste of my time. You know what I mean? And if, and if you're doing something in your life that's a waste of your time, you need to own up to that. And you need to own up to the fact that you can do something better. If, if you're in a relationship that you're, do, you're not you know, watering your own lawn, you need to look at that and say, well, why does my lawn look fucking like shit? Well, because maybe you're spending too much time worrying about the other. And you know, like as a codependent, that's an issue. You know, I have that issue where I'm in, you know, a long-term relationship and I go, well, I, I love to help Tasha. I love to help her so much, but I've also had to realize I need to get my six to seven hours of sleep a night. And when I do a stand-up show and come up, you know, that I get home at one or two in the morning and Tasha's going to be up at six, it's tough to water both those lawns. And, and what the codependent does sometimes is we, um, we, we, we will, we'll stall, we'll, you know, we'll starve ourselves to, to make the other person well-fed. And, um, and that's not good. That's not good. You know, it's the old, um, the old airplane, you know, when the, it'll, when the masks come down, you got to put the mask on yourself before you put one on your kid. You got to take care of yourself because if you're not who you need to be, and if you're not vibrating at that frequency of love, of fucking happiness, if you're not feeling the goosebumps that the world's giving you, then you need to recalibrate, my friends. And I'm telling you this, I'm telling myself, and you need to take a little break and you need to find out what it is that makes you who you are. And a lot of emails I get from people are a lot of the same. And they love the solo episodes because we get a little deeper in the motivation. But what we're doing is we're having a conversation. It's me and you. You know what I mean? You're there. I hear you. I hear you because I'm, I'm full of these flaws. I am full of these flaws where I, you know, for the longest time I was making stand up my last priority. You know, it's like I'm in the deep end and you know that there's there, the tides, the tides are strong and I'm having a hard time swimming into the shore. And all I can do is hold on to this, you know, driftwood and just ride it out. And that's just not the way to live. You know, sometimes we're so broke, whether it's financially, you know, with money or we're broke with like, we're, we don't even know where to start. You know, we want to be, you know, writing adventure novels and we don't even, we can't even get the first, you can't even get the title of the book down. And, and we get so lost in, in, 
that final pr- in, in 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 not having a route to that final product that we don't even take the first step. And so what do we do? You know what I mean? We procrastinate. We make excuses. And um it's it's just time to grab shit by the balls. You know what I mean? Like we 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 live in these you know these we, we're in a first world here. We're we're at a the cusp of uh you know some sort of real fucking uh revelations. Really, we're on the cusp of like really grasping, you know, like all these ditch digging jobs are going away to machines. You know what I mean? All these, and, and don't get me wrong. If, if, if you want, if you're a farmer and that's what you love to do, then this isn't, this is not a knock on you. This is me just saying that w- the world is becoming um, more autonomous and there's no better time than the presence to pursue whatever that creative thing is that you want. I mean, we've, we've like, they, they always say, if you want to do it, you just, you, you shoot it with your iPhone. You want to do a podcast, you start recording it on your phone. Like the, you know, slowly and surely like this episode, you know, we're at two, almost at 290 episodes of this podcast. I think the audio has gotten better. I think hopefully I've done, you know, gotten a little better at taking notes on what works and what doesn't, but it, be, it comes back to being authentic to who I am. Not trying to be some, podcast that i'm not and sometimes we get a little spiritual which is weird you know a lot of comedy isn't about being spiritual a lot of comedy is you know just the simple things in life you know farting on a first date and i get it we water it down you know a lot of time you know you're trying to have sex and you know whatever (laughs) it's about the simple things in life but um, sometimes i'll break it down to a little more behind the scenes and tell you about what my struggles are and um and i appreciate those of you that share yours sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm hoping to get featured on iTunes for our, our Father's Day episode. That's the one that I want to pitch to them as an episode that people can get fe- that we're going to get featured on. Um, happy uh, belated Mother's Day to all of you out there. I'm sure you all posted a photo on Instagram so the world can see. I didn't. I didn't do an Instagram photo just because my mom doesn't have Instagram. And um, I was busy all day. So I didn't do an Instagram photo. But I uh, took care of her and, um, you know, from the other side of the country. It's always tough on holidays like that when you don't get to see your family. But we had a, 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 a listener wrote in and wished Tasha and myself a happy Mother's Day. And I appreciate that. Was it Pat? Is that who it was, Pat? Let me, let me double check on his name because I want to make sure when people write in that I... If you have something personal to say, by all means, I'm going to, you know, not disclose your name. But Pat was nice. He started the email off with broski. I love it. I love, I, hey, I'll, I'll be a broski. Broski. He goes, I'm going back and forth between the episodes. Just thought I'd say, hey, and read, and read what's up. Today's mom's day, so I hope your mother and Tasha's mom have a good day. You both as well. Thanks, Pat. Fucking love that shit. You know what I mean? Nothing deep. No advice needed. Just saying, hey, I'm out there and I'm listening. And I uh, I love it when people write in, hey, we got a first time uh, emailer. Let's change her name. Let's call her um, Sammy. Let's call her Sammy. Sammy said, hi, I recently listened to your ghosting podcast as my intro to SAP. I wanted to share a funny slash sad slash shameful experience and see if you'd like to comment. Ha ha. So I just broke up with someone after almost three and a half years together. I would like to add that breaking up with someone is way harder than being broken up with. So I really set myself up for failure with my first hookup post breakup. I hooked up with this guy that I thought was breaking up with his girlfriend. (laughs) That is what he led me to believe. This whole story is quite ridiculous and was a recipe for disaster. 
We met on a Wednesday, then I broke up with my boyfriend on Thursday. Then Saturday, I was out with my brother. Wait, hold on a second. You met this dude, and then you broke up with your boyfriend? Okay. All right, let's... All right, just taking notes. Uh, looks like you, you know you're, you. Looks like you and your boyfriend were already broken up, but you did. You pushed the paperwork across, and you. Uh, all right, hold on. I gotta brighten this. I can't fucking see. Um, when these emails aren't double spaced, it's so hard to keep track. Like I'm not a horrible reader. I just um, I just can't see well. Uh, we met on a Wednesday. Then I broke up with my boyfriend on Thursday. Then Saturday I was... Uh, this feels like one of those like... And then on Sunday, God rested. <laughs> you know what I mean? On Monday, God created... Uh, we met on Monday. Uh, we met on a Wednesday. Then I broke up with my boyfriend on Thursday. Then Saturday, I was out with my brothers in the guy's part of Philly, where he lives now. My older brothers are pretty protective. So this guy, this is a run-on sentence. My older brothers are pretty protective. So this guy wanted to hang out. We were going to hook up and we're texting. So I tell my brother, an Uber is coming to pick me up and take me home. My older brother's like, "Oh, I'll walk you out." And I was like, "Uh, yeah, no, you don't have to, but he does." So I go to get into my into the car my brother sees that it's a guy around my age and i made a real rookie mistake and got into the front seat and my brother's like what are you doing just get in the back i was like "Eh, erm i'm fine so i'm now in the car and we drive away i get a text from my brother that guy looks like a punk get home safe so basically i blew it anyway we hooked up sex was amazing best i've had probably ever so i was super hyped to just kind of use this guy as a distraction and also be able to have good sex so it's been about a month and up until this past weekend we talk a little or a lot every single day a few weeks into this i noticed we were now only talking during the day so i'm like okay he didn't break up with his girlfriend and they're together every night now and that's why he's not answering and that's a good assumption so i asked because i'm like that so I asked him like that and I go, Hey, did you move in together? And he was like, yeah, technically she never moved out. She just went to stay with her mom. And I was like, um, what? That was not the impression I was under. And he got super defensive and started blaming me for getting attached and all this. But this whole time he's insisted, even if they're going to make it work, he wants to be my friend. So being 23, sometimes I get too drunk and text a bunch of people. I shouldn't. So that happened this weekend. And now it's been radio silence. And like I said, I knew what I was getting into, and I knew I was setting myself up for this, but I completely used him to distract myself from the fact that I just broke up with someone that I loved for three years. So, like, what the fuck do I do? I don't want to have some big catharsis, some big catharsis, and and be sad for a week about both these people exiting my life. Blurg. B-L-E-R-G-H. Blurg. I think I'm supposed to make that noise. Blurg. I need help and no girls are helpful when you set yourself up for failure. So please read this essay and attempt to sort through and make sense of this shitstorm. Thank you, Sammy. Well, this is a pretty common th- situation you had here. It, I can never judge people when it's like uh, when they rebound fast or slow. It's, it's all relative. We talked about time being relative earlier. It's all relative. So you broke up with your boyfriend. Clearly you that that was already going to happen if you and your boyfriend weren't a good place like whenever someone cheats i'm always like well there's some situations going on at home i don't know about i i immediately read this and in my selfish mind i think of my relationship and i go what the fuck imagine if today's monday that i'm recording this imagine if tomorrow tasha meets a dude then wednesday she breaks up with me then thursday she fucks that guy holy shit you know what i mean that would suck uh but you're going to have to let me know more about where you were with your boyfriend. You said you loved him for three years. Clearly, you must have known things weren't working out. 
I got a couple of stories from friends that I know. We have a listener. I'm not going to... Boy, I should, I should scramble her info. We got a listener that I'm close with who lives on the other side of the country who just broke up with her boyfriend. She's been dating for uh, almost five years. And she's already... I think she's moved on. She's like fucking another guy, right? But... um she gave the guy a lot of chances to change, and in the end, it wasn't what she wanted. And if it, and if you're in a relationship where you're not getting what you want, eventually you have to realize. Like, 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 look at my own relationship, Tasha and I. I mean, we 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 talk all the time about how there's there's rough patches, and and sometimes we have these fears that they're self emanating. If you're afraid of being like. You know, if you're if you're afraid of something that the the other person's not doing, but you're afraid, like if you're gun shy and you're afraid of re- being rejected, eventually you're gonna probably drive the other person away with your own sort of fe- with your own fears. It, it's tough. You got to go into new relationships with a blank slate. And you're in your situation here. I don't know what led to your breakup, but this th- that's not your issue. You broke up with a guy that you loved with you, that you loved clearly that had other issues. Now you hook up with this new guy. I love the fact that you try to play him off as your Uber driver. <laughs> did you rate him five stars? Uh, did he make you come? I think you get a five-star rating as an Uber driver if you made your passenger come. I think that's how it works. Uh, you've arrived at your destination. You've uh, you've destined all over my back. <laughs> um, clean that up, or you'll get charged a cleaning fee. Uh, that got weird. So... You started fucking a guy, and now you're a little bummed because you've transferred that neediness that you had to this new guy. I don't even use neediness necessarily as a bad thing. I think I think it's okay to have a little bit of a magnetism in a relationship, a little bit of codependency, a little bit of needing the other person. Like we 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 put ourselves in relationships to get something from others that we can't get ourselves. Um, I'm I'm pretty happy as a single guy i haven't had to you know i it was fine i've been i spent a long time being single um but what i found in my relationship was you know that camaraderie that friendship and you know tasha and i we still struggle for like filling up each other's wells we still struggle with like understanding each other's love language uh, you know we still struggle with instances where i'm trying to get myself healthy but because i've stacked so much shit onto my plate um in getting myself help healthy she feels abandoned and um in in this instance you know this this was a dude who was considering ending his relationship or not let's just take him at his word that he was considering ending his relationship and he didn't and you did you ended yours and that's the difference he went back to the first thing sex was good but maybe his girlfriend and him had some like you know revelation the best you can do is text this guy and tell him to subscribe to the sex actually podcast the best you can do is just move on you used him and you got, you know, that's the karma. You used this guy and I think you know it. You know you used him and then you built a little you built a little bit of oxytocin, right? We all know what oxytocin is. It is the um, commitment molecule. It's that it's that part of our body in our DNA. We release the hormone oxytocin and it builds attachment. We get that when we hug somebody. We get that when we're breastfed as a baby. We get that when we have friends. We get that when we have good sex. Ladies, gentlemen, when you have good sex, you dump literally a shit ton of oxytocin. You bond to that person. The chick that ghosted on me. Like, Sammy, I was ghosted on in New York back in the day. I wasn't even, like, I was attracted to this to this uh, lady I was da- dating. I think it's more, um, I think, I'm trying not to say girl, but I think by calling her lady, it sounds more dismissive. That's just me. So I'm, this, this chick, right, this girl, this lady, this female that I was starting to see, 
We had incredible sex. What made the sex so good? I don't know. I, I don't remember her doing any crazy moves or this or that. I just remember on one or two occasions, we had sex. It was early in the relationship. It was not exactly protected. It was like a lot of, you know, you know, and sometimes we guys, I mean, it's going to sound crude, but you know, men, men, men all know this. Sometimes you just have a better come than other times. Sometimes you just, sometimes it's just literally the timing of pulling out or the, you know, the way it all climaxed literally just can lead. And I'm sorry if this sounds crude, but you know, I'm trying to be more honest with life and talk about things. Sometimes you just dump and have a, and have a bigger come or longer come and more, you know, and, and, and that can literally be a million different reasons, but I don't think the body knows the difference. If the body comes and has good sex and a good orgasm, it's going to build that commitment. So I understand that. Um, what you need to realize is that's kind of like a transaction. That sex that you had was a transaction and, and you know, you, you expected more out of this guy because that is usually what comes along with a relationship, but he's just not there. So, you know what I mean? Like, do you want to stay friends with him? I mean, that's up to you. I've stayed friends with girls that I've hooked up with, but not, not many. Usually I'm like, well, as a guy, like I, I didn't, I didn't seek friendship with you and I don't want to like be your friend. There's only, there's a girl that I used to hook up with. Who's like, who hooks up with a, a, another buddy of mine. And it's like, I, okay, like I'm cool with that. Like I'm, I'm cool with it. It's like my ego is going to not be involved. Like I'm not fucking you. And so why shouldn't you have, you know, hook up with my buddy? Like, you know, just pursue your own happiness. And that's all I can tell you, Sammy is pursue your own happiness. And, and, and it's going to come from trying to meet a guy who's not ending a relationship, you know, clean slate. You, you, you got this sex out of the way, start seeing another guy. Let me know how it goes though. I appreciate you writing in. Let me know how it goes. And, um, I got a bunch of questions here. What do I want to, re- let's see what this one is. Um, what, what are compliments you can say to a girl on the first date? Um, I think, I think first dates are all about listening. You know, it's easier said than done. Um, I also think, um, the best ways to listen are not to be overly caffeinated. Um, you know, I don't get on stage and drink a Red Bull before I get on stage because my energy is too, too big for the room. Um, I also don't get wasted beforehand. I don't get high beforehand. I kind of keep it neutral because that's where you are at your smartest. A lot of first dates, you know, you, I've ruined a first date once cause I drank too much. Yeah, I drank too much and I got drunk and I, and I was sloppy and the girls and the girl in hindsight, she told me weeks later, she was like, yeah, I didn't text you back after that because I could tell you weren't really into me because like, why would you just get so drunk? And in my mind, I was like, I got drunk because I was nervous, you idiot. <laughs> but what you need to do on a first date is, is don't, don't get overly stimulated or overly, you know, drunk or anything like that. Listen as best you can to what they're saying and make your compliments be genuine. If a girl, if a girl is obsessed with her dog, ask her like, Hey, would like, yeah, what, you know, would you ever like to like rescue dogs or what do you, you know, you know, you try to, you try to tap into whatever passion she's saying and she's, and if you, next thing you know, you'll be talking about how, yeah, wouldn't it be crazy one day if you won the lottery or whatever, you could have like a dog farm. I always say this with Tasha, wouldn't it be great to have a basset hound farm where we just go out there and, you know, raise a bunch of basset hounds and give them to happy homes. And, and it's nice, it's nice to find something that people love acknowledge it and, and then compliment them with that. So if, you know, she's a yoga instructor and you don't know a thing about yoga, be like, how did you get into it? Like be, just be curious. 
I think when you're curious, um, it's a very giving uh, side to be curious because you're curious about the other person. So the other person's going to take it as, wow, he really values what I'm saying. And, um, and then the compliments will come naturally because you'll be asking all these questions and you'll be like, ah, I love how you, I love, I love, I love the passion that you have when you talk about these types of things. It's, you know, just stay positive. Um, so like when you say, how do you compliment a girl on the first date? What you don't do is go, Nice to meet you. Wow, your eyes are beautiful. Like, that's fine, but also that's a hard sell because get to the place where she trusts you and then the compliments will be more genuine. Is Tinder more of a game or do people actually meet through it? I just got on Tinder. Something about it is giving me the impression it's not a real dating app and more like a game people play to boost their egos. Um, it's both. I think it's both. I think um, I think there's definitely a high that a dopamine rush that comes from matching. It's um, you know, much like the high you get when someone comments on your photo or if you post a photo and it gets a bunch of likes. I mean, it's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid, but it's it's primal. We're just getting uh, we're getting that affirmation kind of in a visual like uh, you know, way where we're it's we're, it's on the bulletin board of the community. You know, you're the employee of the month. It's the same type of shit. Um, is it beneficial as a dating site? Sure, absolutely. You know, without without coming off crazy, I would uh, you know, in your bio, just say what you're all about. Say what you're all about. Um, you know, and then you, you just be able to you know read people. Intuition is this person into something? Are they? T- you know, but yeah, I always tell people the best dating site is Yelp. You know what I mean? Type in your zip code. You go to the closest bar with the least amount of dollar signs and meet somebody that you like. Go to a place you know that you like. If you if if you if you want to marry a chick who uh, loves bowling, hey, newsflash, maybe go to Bowling Alley. You know what I mean? I don't know. Just That's a stupid example. But, you know, if you love jazz, there's a, you know, go to the Parker Room in uh, on Vine Street in Hollywood. There's good jazz there on uh, Tuesday nights. The point of that all is is that, uh, you know, is it a game? Well, dating is a game. Uh, the problem with Tinder is there's, yeah, there's a lot of time wasted but texting this and that between people. And sometimes, you know, people just want someone to text and feel like they've got some friends or some options even. So... Yes, it's a game. I would, uh, you know, like, like, like when you're diversifying your portfolio, you know, put 20% into Tinder. You know what I mean? Put 20% into Tinder. If you want, you know, put, you know, put uh, 50% into social activities and then, you know, some other percent into, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, you know, whether go out with friends, you got to find, if you're single, I mean, you got to find some single people to go out with. That's just how it is. You know, like more of my friends now are in relationships, you know, I mean, my comedian friends, a lot of them are single, but we don't go out like on the prowl. But, you know, when I was single in New York, Joey, uh, Andy, when he was single, Gooch, we would all go out as single guys and we would all have fun together by building that bond that you can have with like-minded people you're just strengthening that magnetism to attract that which you want don't get me wrong you can absolutely go into a bar by yourself and meet somebody cool but um that's that's a little bit tougher so so uh yes it's a game you know welcome dating's a game gotta play it do you think it's wrong to ask a significant other to get tested before you have sex, especially if they had unprotected sex before you got together? Well, this is a good question. I have two friends who recently started exclusively dating. Knowing each other's dating history, the girl asked the guy to get tested before they had sex. He got really offended because he said it seemed like she thought he was a slut or promiscuous. I asked her side of it, and she said she doesn't care about his past, but she's just trying to be safe. She's willing to get tested, too, even if she's a virgin. He won't budge, and he thinks she's too paranoid. Our other guy friends are agree are agreeing with him, too. I really don't want to get involved, but I don't want to make her feel like she's 
alone for wanting to be safe. Is she in the wrong here for asking him to get tested? For clarification, she's 21, he's 24. Um, I've had similar instances where I've met girls and they go, I heard you're a player, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I remember once when I was a virgin still in the fraternity where girls like, you've got AIDS, and which is like a weird thing to tell a guy. But like, oh, really? I do? I've never had sex before. Um, but thank you for that. Yeah, bitch. Uh, judgmental. Are you a judgmental lady? Uh, it's... It's okay. Look, is, is, do they want to have raw sex? Okay, if do you think it's wrong to ask a significant other to get tested before you have sex, especially if they had unprotected sex before? Look, if you want to have unprotected sex, I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility to tell the other person to get tested. It's it's one thing to trust somebody, but it's another thing to have like a lifelong you know problem. But also. I mean, I think, I think what happens in most cases, at least in my, you know, experience is that, you know, you trust the other person, you trust that who you're dating would tell you if they had something, but also there's a lot of people with their head in the sand that don't know what they have. Um, I've never had the ultimatum given to me, like you better get tested. Uh, but, um, I don't know, it's her body. And if she wants the guy to get tested, fine. But also realize guy, like if you have a problem with that, it's just going to be the first of other problems. Like if you have such a problem where you, you can't listen to what she wants you to do, you know, maybe it's, I mean, cause it's not the end of the world to go get tested. It, it, it's, it's, it, it'll be good to know you come back with flying colors. I got tested once. Um, I know people are listening going, you got tested once with just sh- hold on. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I went in to get tested. I, I didn't have anything. I didn't think I did, but, um, you know, I tell you what, growing up Catholic and growing up with the uh, health classes that we had, you just assumed if you had raw sex, you were going to catch something. And what I've learned is that most people are clean. Most people don't have anything that's like, I don't know. <laughs> You're going to like use this in your court documents. Dave said it would be okay. Look, there's a lot of people that are having unprotected sex out there. I think it's a matter of how easy where you got like how like were you both wait if it's one thing if you take home a girl and you're both wasted and next thing you know you're raw dogging which hey happens but it's another when it's like okay well if you're being you know conscientious you want the other person to be as well but also she's she's 21 and i don't know i don't know i feel like in my experience the old the, the older the people i dated got the less they cared about safe sex that's just me. And I also lived in New York and New Yorkers do not care about safe sex. You want to raw dog somebody moved to New York city. I'm telling you, they don't care. That's just what I got to say about that. Prove me wrong. Uh, my wife told me to consider letting her boyfriend be the biological father. I don't feel comfortable with this at all. Holy shit. What? Okay. This is a 28 year old dude. He said, my wife who's 29 told me to consider letting her boyfriend be the biological father. I don't feel comfortable with this at all. Um, my wife, okay, let's read the description. My wife and I have a loving and open marriage. We have been married for two years and have been open for two. It works out well. My wife is far more social than me while I am someone far more introverted and I work pretty long hours and it allows her to have someone to keep her company. And of the men she has dated, she has still kept me as priority number one. Oh, good. <laughs> and if I ever felt uncomfortable, she would give me space. I'm mentioning this because whenever I have shared someone, people think my wife doesn't love me or we have a broken marriage. I'm posting here because my wife and I were talking and she mentioned to me how I would feel about having her boyfriend be the father we have been planning on starting a family. She mentioned that her boyfriend has great genetics and it would give our future child a great head start in life. What is she, a Nazi? What the fuck? I told her absolutely not, but she told me to think about it. 
honestly, this makes me really uncomfortable for one. My wife herself doesn't have great genetics either. So should we get an egg donor instead? Oh, twisting it around. Yeah, it's like it's like you're going to get an egg donor and another dude's sperm. And why, you, why don't you just adopt at this point? I don't like the way our relationship has been going. Her boyfriend is really manipulative and has pressured her already to have sex without a condom. He says he has erectile dysfunction now hearing this i am really feeling untrusting of the situation i love my wife and i have faith in her but i know she can easily be convinced i want to have a conversation but i don't like the way things have gotten um it feels like anything i share goes back to her boyfriend uh he has been cordial to me in person but sometimes i get a feeling he scoffs at me behind my back i don't want to be the bad guy here i just want to know what i can do to have a heart-to-heart talk with my wife Oh boy, that might be out of my pay grade. Look, I mean, if you're procreating, it, it's about it's about like wanting to create something with the person that you love. I think um, I think through our DNA, it's it's obvious like as a species, uh, procreating is obviously essential to our survival. Now that we're in a place where where the uh, the world is you know populated enough, you know the hu- humanity is not at a risk right now uh, because we're underpopulated. You know what I mean? We're at a risk for other reasons. Uh, but what <laughs> you know, we're going to be to be so picky to think that like this other dude's got better genetics. It's like you're going to raise a child that's not yours. It's one thing, you know. There's a there's scenarios in which this works, you know, like stepdads and things like that. But if this dude's like, why doesn't it sounds like you need to get rid of your wife and she needs to start a family with this other guy like why is he the boyfriend and not the like you know you know what i mean i don't know man i know there's a lot of people that just listen to that and their brains hurt because mine hurts and i haven't had enough coffee on a monday to tackle that one sorry bro this is uh, this next question is actually it kind of uh relates to that last one it's a short question oh that was a pun i didn't mean a pun there but it's a short question how does height really matter in a relationship or another question was does height really matter in a relationship I'll say this, yes, but I'll say this, if it doesn't matter in your relationship, then you're happy with the other person's height, but obviously, we're not all dating um, little people, we're not all dating seven, you know, you know, like there's a, some of us, it matters more than others. Have I ever looked at a girl, I've dated, uh, I've dated girls that are five, between, f- f- maybe 4'11", four four, maybe five foot tall to six foot tall, that's, that's also 99% of women, you know what I mean? So, I've never been... Uh, I've dated tall. I've dated women that were taller than me. It didn't bother me. I think what this person's issue is 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 um, do women not like short men? I think that's what the question is. I think ideally women are attracted to taller men. I think it goes in a lot of you know what I mean. It's a lot of historical. I mean, the taller guy has more status and power. He. He wins, you know, someone mentioned this on another podcast. He wins the election more often. He's probably better at sports. He's, you know, just it's, 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 uh, taller men, uh, uh, rise the ranks quicker in, um, the corporate world. I mean, this is all, these are all, uh, you know, facts. You can, you can do the research. Uh, does that mean women are shallow? No, not at all. It just means, you know, that when you, when a tall guy and a short guy walk, just like when a guy with a full head of hair and a bald guy walk by, um, there's, there's strength in the, you know, I'm five, I'm 5'11". My girlfriend will argue I'm 5'10", depending on which, if I did yoga that day and stretched my back out. But I always like, I wanted to get up to 6'1", 6'2". I, my buddy Joel was like 6'4". Girls loved him. They loved to, He would meet somebody and hug them and do this bear hug thing. And he just had this p- 
power and this reliability that um, that only somebody who's a bigger person can have. So I, I, I it, does, it makes sense to me that people would be more attracted to that. Um, it doesn't. If you're five foot eight as a guy, it just might mean that you might meet a girl who's five four. Like there might be a happy. I don't know. I don't know what. But to, to say it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, people say that and you go, Jesus Christ, like, can we have an honest conversation? I posted, there, there was a Facebook, uh, uh, conversation about this and the girl's like, it's so fucked up that you think we care about size. And it's like, <sighs> I mean, I'm not saying everyone needs to be Wilt Chamberlain here, but yes, of course women care about size. Of course men care about size too. There's just men, you know what I mean? Like men are already on average taller than women. So do, do a guy, does a guy care if she's five, six versus five, four? No, but if a guy, if a girl's walking down the street and she's five foot ten, she's gonna stop traffic over the five foot tall girl. She just is. There's something about that. The the you know you know what I mean the 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 the, the features and the 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 lines and the there's something about that. I don't know what it is. I just feel so defensive when people when, when people say, "Oh, we don't size isn't an issue anymore." Oh, really? Then take your high heels off and tell that to my face. I don't know. If anyone has any uh, disputes over these questions, the way I'm answering them, write in. Let me know what you think. Women, does size matter to you? Both height and also, I think I think height matters more to women than than the size of their dick. Assuming that a guy's dick isn't um, like a micro penis, I think a lot of women. Um, I don't know any guys with a micro penis, but I, I can only imagine. I really can only imagine how tough that must be. Um, Seriously, that must be because you know, like you'll find a chick who who will date a, a bald guy or a short guy, uh, but you know what I mean. Like, there's something to it that's like directly related to a guy's manhood there. That anyway, I don't know, but um, I think you know, I think a, a five foot five dude with a normal dick will do just fine in life. You just need to you need you need to work more on owning it versus some like that sounds horrible to say, but I, I know guys that are like six foot two and all they do is crush beers at the bar and girls hit on him. I know it. I've seen it. It's incredible. It goes both ways. There's beautiful women that don't have to develop, um, you know, that, that extra level of charisma because they're beautiful and, and the world comes to them. I, I, uh, I had to unfollow Emily Ratajkowski from my Instagram. It was just too annoying. It's like she doesn't smile and I get, why does she have to smile? I get it. But it looks like she just stands there and attracts and attracts the, the attention from the world. Like she's, she really is gorgeous. And it's like, didn't you have any, like, where was your struggle in life? And again, I mentioned this earlier, who knows what her adversity is. So that's me projecting it. But I think that, um, when you, when you have something working against you, whether it be your height or your maybe overweight, although, you know, obviously weight, we can change more than our height. But if you have something working against you, I think it forces you to really charm the shit out of people and, 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 and learn other ways of, um, succeeding you look at like the robin williams right i mean he was a you know i don't know if you know this but he was like five four or five five he's a short guy you know like the uh, the kevin hart he's like literally five foot tall these dudes became mega stars because they they knew they were you know the runt of the litter how to keep texting conversations interesting when getting to know somebody such a lame question but i like this person a lot and the conversation keeps getting stale i don't know what to say anymore even though there's so much to say 
Um, sometimes you need to just know when to end the conversation, and it doesn't mean it gets stale. Uh, if you have to like uh, tell a white lie and say like, "Hey, I gotta go," I you know, I you know, I gotta put my phone away and, and get some of this work done. Um, that's superior manship. That's that's deciding to put yourself in front of the other person. I've seen. I've been a part of conversations that have gone stale and relationships that have gone stale because you run out of shit to talk to the other person about. That's normal. So you're worrying about you're worrying more about how to keep the conversation going. And I'm telling you that the the irony in keeping the conversation going is spending a little time away from the conversation. You know what I mean? If you've got a bowling league with your buddies, put the phone away. That person will respect that you've got fun things going on and they'll be attracted to that. They go, oh, he just seems so full of energy and spark. Like, I can't wait to talk to him again versus like, I don't know. We just ran out of shit to say. So as far as conversations go, like I mentioned earlier on first dates, you need to be curious and get to know the other person, but also know when to put the phone away. Texting game is all about moderation. It's not about like the first second you wake up, text him good morning. You know what I mean? You don't need that. You need to breathe. Let the relationship breathe. Um, and hopefully the other person will respect and appreciate that you've got your own life that you're living. Banging these ones out. Three more. Girl seems flirty, but she apparently has a boyfriend. I recently met this girl who came to town with my other friend. She'd laugh at all my jokes and antics and generally was very sweet. Afterwards, I started talking to her on Facebook and she seemed pretty flirtatious. She'd carry on the conversation, no short one-word responses, and she seemed genuinely interested in hanging out again. I figured since she lives an hour plus away, she was actually interested instead of just being nice. I invited her to an event a couple weeks from now, and she was enthusiastic about going. I looked at her relationship status, and it says she's with someone, but I checked her profile, and the last time she took a picture with the guy was about a year ago. I know this doesn't really say anything necessarily, but whatever." Is she just really nice being friendly or could she be flirting with me? I think she's flirting with you, but also I would assume she's in a relationship. I think assume she's in a relationship, but ask, you know what I mean? Just say, look, look, you know, I don't want to be overstepping my boundaries here. Are you, are you with somebody? And then she says yes. Or she says no. If she says yes, then you, then you bow out. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't know for sure. I kind of got that feeling. You seem like a cool catch. Lucky him. Uh, hit me up if you ever want to get coffee sometime if uh, things don't work out. I think that's totally fair to say. If she says no, if you go, hey, are you in a relationship? And she says no, then you go, oh, I was a little confused. Your Facebook status said you were, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, would you want to go on a date? And I, and I really think it's important to lay that out there. I, I've mentioned it before in the past that I've been sort of um, shy in my attempts to, you know, pick up girls where they don't know that I'm asking them out. And I think it's important to let, let her know where you're at because she might be like, oh, this guy's super sweet. He's friendly, blah, blah, blah. No. And also, just because she you don't see photos of her with her boyfriend, I mean, Tasha doesn't post that shit. Some people are just like shy or whatever. Uh, but... I think the whole world knows like all of Tasha's social circle and friends and everyone who knows her knows she's in a relationship. It says she's in a relationship, but you know, would I like it if she posted more photos? Yeah. But I'm also like a needy bitch. (laughs) You know what I mean? So of course I would like that because you know, who wouldn't want to know that the other person's doing all that, but that's just not what it's just, 
It's not in her DNA. And with this girl, I mean, who knows? She said she hasn't posted a photo with a guy in over a year. That doesn't mean she hasn't. It just means maybe you've seen her limited profile. I don't know. But it turns, you know, you're asking, you know, we, we go out of our way to ask advice. And, and I'm happy to give it. We go out of our way. But the answer lies in the simplicity of the question. Do you have a boyfriend? Are you seeing somebody? It's, it's, it's and girls are taken aback, I think. It, 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 girls are boy in either direction. I think people are taken aback by honesty, straightforwardness. Are you are you taken? Are you single? Whatever way you have to ask it. I mean, imagine imagine meeting a girl in a bar, and then oh hey, how's it going? Where are you from? Oh shit, Des Moines? No, I've never been there. That's crazy. What do you do? You're a farmer. Are you, what do you make corn for a living? What's going on? And then and then oh yeah, oh, it's going well. You're here with your friends. Oh nice. You seeing somebody or uh, you know what I mean? Like why not? Versus like 10 minutes later and she's like, well, my boyfriend. And it's like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? But you don't have, don't walk up to a girl and be like, are you taken? Are you a single? Like, but, it, you know, work it in. It's 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 both of your responsibilities to work that in. Um, their conversation, you know, moving along. Oh, what's this one? I think I missed one. Fuck, I just deleted it. Let's see if I can get it back. No, it's gone forever. So this will be the last one. What are compliments you can say to a girl on a first date? Didn't I read this already? Oh shit! I must have lost the other one. Let's see if I can find a new. Let's let's find one more new question here. Um, dating the clueless. What is that one? Let's see what dating the clueless is. No, that's. Oh, here we go. I'm dating a girl right now who I like, but if I were to describe her, it would be quote unquote utterly clueless. Let me explain. I met her in an Uber pool and we went in a, on an impromptu date immediately and clicked. She's sweet, kind, passionate about her work and objectively a total hottie. I mean, she's a knockout that turns heads everywhere she goes and also gets recognized because of her modeling work with someone famous. Because we're a really interesting looking couple, we get a lot of attention whenever we go into social settings simply because of our aesthetic and attractive interracial couple. This is where her cluelessness becomes an issue, though. She is completely unaware of her surroundings in public. I didn't assume this would be a bad thing, but also, but she's also an introvert and does weird things openly and publicly. She's goofy in a hokey way. We'll walk right in, through a group of people minding their own business and talks extremely loudly about sensitive subjects. It's as though she has the awareness of a child as she never stops to consider where she is and who is around her, no matter what the situation. She is very inexperienced in life, was a virgin for a long time, whereas I am the complete opposite. There's also the matter of her hygiene, as I'm fairly certain she has a yeast infection and has no clue about it. Jeez. I don't know how to bring this up with her in a gentle way other than suggest we both get tested since we're starting to see each other. If she's this careless about her own body, I'm concerned with how this extends to other parts of her life. When I introduced her to my friends, she had no problem take, uh, talking with a mouthful of food and do- didn't listen to conversations, responding with, huh, or what'd you say, halfway through a topic. And when walking somewhere in an open setting, she has a tendency to walk behind me instead of next to me, like a child trailing, her, trailing behind a parent. She's only four years younger than I am and has been living on her own for the past six. She's from the rural Midwest and is thoroughly a gentle sweetheart. But I honestly think that her obliviousness to the world around her could be a potential liability. I've never been the type to want to change a woman as it seems controlling and disrespectful. But this is the type of girl who could easily be taken advantage of. As someone aware of the dangers of the world, I feel like I almost need to explain these things to her on an hourly basis. What do you think? Should I cut her off or take her under my wing? That's a really good question. Should you cut her off or take her under your wing? 
do you love i mean i'm not saying you love her yet it's new but she's a thorough she's thoroughly a, gen, a gentle sweetheart there's something beautiful about about naive people about people that live in their own bubble um you said she's an introvert which is interesting because she also talks really loudly and and walks through you know she she might she's it sounds like she's living in her own world and it sounds like you are living in a world where you want to control as much as possible which i totally understand the question is do these differences create friction in the sense that it leads to a fire and by fire i mean a spark in a relationship where you build from each other or is the friction so bad that it just grinds your gears to a halt and you resent her for being oblivious um you know tasha and i are completely different in so many ways where she's introverted and i didn't realize that at all when i met her because she's kind of you know puts on she can she can uh dabble in the social world but but the, you know when you started living together i'd, I'd realize oh she really needs time to herself she really um you know even in an argument needs time to kind of like quiet herself down and it's di- it's just different than what i need it's just different and what i think you sir need to realize as i realize is that our way isn't the right way it's just our way there might be something beautiful about the fact that she's oblivious and walks through groups there might be something beautiful about the fact that maybe she does shit without worrying about what others think of her um does it make her naive and in you know susceptible to uh you know be getting robbed or things like that sure but when you take your trip to columbia that that then you have a conversation and you go look wallets are in the front pocket purses are only clutches that you can you know what i mean nothing shoulder length because i know people get robbed that way things like that if she's got a problem and doesn't quite take control of her body i wouldn't hold that against her i also wouldn't hold your dick against her as you might get i'm kidding uh i I would uh I i would just be um sympathetic to the fact that maybe she didn't have the same upbringing you did and might not know what she you know you can't hate someone for not knowing what they don't know um, compassion is key here. I, um, I don't like to peddle sort of like things onto people. I mean, it might seem like I do. I'm talking for an hour to you all folks here, but I would, I would, ins- I would actually encourage you, um, to really, um, you know, go with your compassion here. And, uh, that doesn't mean you have to break everything down. Babe, I don't like it when you do this. I don't like it when you do that, but look at the strengths of what she brings to the table. Because there could be a chance here that in five years you write in and say, hey, I've been happily married to that girl I met in Uber Pool. You know what I mean? There's a chance there that you overcome these issues. She finds out she has a yeast infection. She never looked at her vagina that closely. You know what I mean? I'm I'm guilty in my relationship of like, you know, of like, uh, you know, I, I had this rash on my arm and it turns out I think it was like a seasonal eczema thing. But I had to like, you know, I was, I was I'd scratch my itch. I'd scratch my itch. I wasn't good at, um, you know, like I got a dead toenail. I wasn't good at fixing parts of my body. And because uh, I'm just... Um, it doesn't mean I'm lazy. It's just, you know, I, you know, in some aspects I might, uh, you know, sweep some things under the rug or whatever versus Tasha, who's very particular. She looks at those things and she goes, you need to fix this. You need to isolate this and fix this problem. And, um, I could look at her and be like, you know what? You don't love me for who I am. You know, some, you know, like, uh, some Aubrey Hepburn or it was that Marilyn Monroe. If you, if you don't love me at my worst, you know, to get me at my best. Um, 
whatever that bullshit is. But uh, instead, it goes, oh, no, she loves me. She wants, uh, she, does, she wants me to take care of this wart on my finger. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, what a horrible person that she wants me to be healthy. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, we come off defensive. Like, no, what, what, you know, don't tell me what to do. Blah, blah, blah. You know, being in a relationship, it's the first time that you get to really have someone else kind of not necessarily boss you around, but tell you what's up. And the key is, is can you do that in a way that's with love? Can you tell her what's up with walking through people? Can you hold her hand when you walk? So she, like a lot of times when I go hiking with Tasha, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll take the lead, you know, I'll double my Lewis and Clark moment. I'll just be in front and don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, walking into, you know, booby traps and rattlesnakes and spider, uh, you know, webs and this and that. But, um, I, I, I forget that like, well, we need someone who's going to walk side by side with us. And maybe, um, maybe she kind of as an introvert fits into the, um, sort of submissive side where she walks behind you. And, and instead of thinking that she's weak minded or, uh, doesn't care about her vagina or this or that, think about maybe she lacked some of that love growing up that like helped her address those issues. And maybe you're right for that. And maybe also, you know, you realize that you're not right for that, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that be what stops you from pursuing this relationship farther. I think it's important in relationships to, um, to try to work together, address the issues at the root. You know what I mean? Not just, you know, don't just, uh, don't just get your cavities fixed. Stop eating so much sugar. (laughs) It always comes back to sugar for me. Fix the problem within. And the problem here, whenever I read something about someone complaining about the other person, I like to turn that around and put the mirror on you. Whenever I have an issue, today I was in a scuffle with Tasha because she asked me, she asked me um, what my schedule was. And she was like, well, I have a free time between X hour and X hour. And I I got kind of defensive and I was like, I got a lot to do, honey. And she's like, well, fuck you. You know what I mean? Because she was just trying to find out if we had time where we could get like lunch together or something. But in my defensiveness, I was like, I I was thinking of my to-do list and I, and I reacted in a way that wasn't, um, you know, it was fine, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't an honest representation of my intention, which wasn't to avoid her, her things like that. It might, my, my honest, uh, reaction was just like, make sure I take care of my things because I always feel a pressure that I, don't put myself first. And in, in turn, I come off looking super selfish when my biggest problem is that I'm not doing enough things for myself. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if that made any sense. Uh, some episodes we have fun stories, conversations, and some episodes I just turn on the mic and talk to you. How does this work for you guys? Um, I'll tell you this. I get more emails from people based on the solo episodes, but I also, um, I'd love, I'd love to get to a place where I do a solo episode every week in a group episode and you guys can decide which one you want to listen to. You can listen to both. You can listen to one, whatever. I was doing that for a brief amount of time. Uh, it does take up a lot of work. I think I'll just start randomly doing the solo episodes when I have time. Um, when we get to the place where we're monetizing these episodes, I will be pushing out a lot more content. Just, I mean, just so you guys know, I have no problem like breaking down how it works with, with us. We get about 10,000 downloads a month. Um, that's a good number. That's, I mean, I don't, you know, out of those 10,000, maybe, maybe 50 
are people that I know. So that means there's a lot of you out there that listen who have never written in and that I don't know. And that's fine. I love you. We're going to, we'll call you sappy lurkers. You're the sappy lurkers. That's totally fine. The people that do write in help me triangulate where we are. And it's amazing. I've never had someone write in that didn't make my day that much more fulfilled. You know, like I've, I, I got a, a handwritten letter from my mom. You know, you probably know this a couple of years, maybe a year or two ago. She wanted me, she was, and she came from a place of love, but she doesn't really understand what the podcast is. So she wanted to like, she kind of wanted me to change things. And that's not why I changed the name, but she was like, you know, with all this Harvey Weinstein stuff out there, maybe you shouldn't be, you know, and I'm like, you know, because of all the Harvey Weinstein stuff out there, I need to have my voice talk about ways that, you know, we can just unpack all of these issues and, and be honest and not put our heads in the sand. And she meant well. But it's funny that then I get an email from Pat telling me to wish my mom a happy Mother's Day. Like the stretch that we have out there for the podcast is so big and I'm so grateful for all of you. Um, to get it to the next level, to get it to the level where I can release more content and and do this in a way where that we're making our nut, if you will, a little extra money, we're going to have to probably... Um, increase that, um, that following about five fold. So we, we need to get up to 50,000, you know, uh, downloads a month. And, uh, and that's doable. It's probably not going to happen from just each of you telling a friend, although, you know, theoretically, if each of you got five friends on board, we'd be at 60,000, uh, downloads a month and, uh, your boy will be buying some new pairs of shoes. But, um, like, let's be honest, most of you aren't going to do that. But for the loyal people out there, I tell you what, it will not be forgotten when I'm torn through the country. It will not be forgotten because I remember I remember each of you that has been, you know, around sending in T-shirts, Geertsen, you know what I mean? Uh, 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 I, got a, I, got a, I got a Starbucks gift card. You know what I mean? Thank you, Ben. Like that's 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 tangible shit right there. Um, there's been people that have been screen grabbing, uh, you know, sharing the Instagram on their social media. Like whatever it is, wherever it is that you have your voice, whether it's on Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram or you know an email list or a blog, you know whatever it is that have a voice. If you want to shout us out, it will not go unnoticed. I appreciate all of that. What I'm what I tried to I started mentioning earlier, and I got kind of uh thrown in another direction hold on here trying to finish that coffee what i tried to mention earlier was that i want i want to get some stories from you all about your fathers you know father's day has always been an interesting place in my life um you know the last 20 plus years i've had a great stepdad who's been amazing and i've felt fulfilled and i've i've known who my father is as my stepdad you know i've known who who the man is that taught me a lot about um about uh, about life uh about hard work about love about charisma you know, a guy who could walk into a room and have a conversation with anybody. It made going to Home Depot so fucking annoying because he knew everybody. And if he didn't know you, he'd talk to you anyway. It drives my mom fucking bananas. She loves him to death because of it. You know what I mean? It's a great, it's a trait that my family didn't have. You know, being raised with my just, just my mom and my sister and myself, we weren't, uh, we didn't have a bunch of friends. My mom didn't have a bunch of friends. She worked full time, single mom. The only friends she had were people she met through my little league. You know what I mean? And then she marries a guy who, who's like basically the mayor of the town. He knows everybody as a contractor. You know, 
so anyway, I've, I've gotten to know, uh, my dad as my stepdad, but also my father, you know, throughout, you know, the exploration and throughout the internet, I've been able to find my father and get to meet him before he passed away and learn a little bit about myself. I want to hear your story. What's your dad's story? What's your father's day story? Is there something I can read on air? Um, feel free to email me your father's story. Email me and tell me your father's story, whether it's good or bad, because not everyone's great. Not everyone's an all-star dad or mom out there, but the one thing I think we can agree on is that they did the best they could with the options and the cards they were dealt. And I think by realizing that, um, we'll come to a place of peace and, and shed that resentment. My grandfather, Grandpa Skip, I have not seen since I was 17 years old. He, um, I think, struggles with alcohol, and he's kind of like a hermit. So I, I had both a father and a grandfather I did not know. I got a text message from my sister while I was in Chicago last week that was a photo of my grandpa Skip with my sister and her four children. And that was progress. Guess he came home and he's making his amends with the family on the latter part of his life. That to me is why we're on this earth to make amends, to forgive, to shed whatever weight we were holding on to. And when we shed that extra weight, I think we realize we can fly. I think we realize we're unstoppable. And my goal for all of you and for myself, for my family, for my friends, is that we can shed all this unneeded burden that we put on ourselves. No matter how sick we get, we can't make somebody else healthy. No matter how poor we get, we can't make somebody else rich. Let's take care of ourselves. Let's make amends with those that we're not talking to with those that we have animosity or enemies. And if it's someone you can just leave and forget from your life, do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. You'll be better for it. The right people will come into your life. There's a lot of men out there that are angry at women, which sounds crazy, but there's a lot of rejection out there. Let's be less angry at women and more forgiving of our own failures, our own rejections that we face in our life when we shed that anger, when we shed that feeling like we're not getting what we deserve, we'll feel this blissfulness, this peace. And who wouldn't want to be a part of that? It's just the law of attraction, folks. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Again, if you're going to write in sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com, send us a shout out, tag your friends in it. Um, Let's blow the fucking roof off this thing.